State Champs Nation, Lauren Plant here. Before we get to this podcast, I just wanted to bring you a quick programming note. The State Champs Sports Network is expanding our podcast programming. In order to make it easier for you to listen to the podcast you want to listen to, we wanted to break them all out. You can find each of our podcasts on your favorite podcast platform, from Apple and Google Podcasts to Spotify and so many more. If you're a State Champs super fan, you want to listen to them all, you don't have to to change a thing. We'll still be posting everything in this feed. Now, on with the podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of State Champs Extra Point. This is the companion podcast to the video show that we present to you each week, although the video show uh, is covering Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio football. This is just for Michigan football. So, in essence, you can watch it alongside the State Champs Michigan show, which debuts on Tuesday. So, again, welcome to the podcast. We are powered by Lawrence Tech. Uh, There is a huge push right now. The school demands... 200 new athletes on campus by the fall of 2021. They have several new sports they are introducing, including women's hockey. There is men's and women's track and field. There is men's volleyball uh, here at Lawrence Tech, as well as uh, they want to bolster up. Oh, and there's competitive cheer that's going to be happening here. Also bolster up football rosters and the other. Recruit yourself Go to ltuathletics.com. Click on the Be Recruited tab on the website. My name is Lauren Plant, Scott Bernstein, and Matt Mowry back with us once again as we discuss the final weekend of high school football, the regular season in the state of Michigan, and we get ready for playoffs. We'll talk a little bit about what we expect to see in the first weekend of playoffs later in the show. But first off, gentlemen, how we doing today? Playoff football, baby. It's on the horizon. Didn't know if you were going to have football at all yeah. a couple months ago, and now we're getting ready for uh, expanded playoffs, and uh, you know everyone's got a shot now, and it, it should be an exciting format, and uh, you know best time of the year. Yeah, Matt, three weeks of districts, and we're seeing teams with buys this week as well. Uh, it's kind of a bizarre setup, but uh, again, like Scott just alluded to, we're playing, and that's the most important thing. Well, and we're seeing some some teams bow out too. I know Ithaca's opponent bowed out a, a little bit ago. Oh, I think okay. Fenville did. It, you are going to see, you know, when, especially when you're getting six and zero teams against zero and six teams, where you know you've you've got, you know, it's going to be a mismatch. You have some mismatches in the first round anyway, but you you are going to have some more of those. So we're having some COVID cancellations, and we're yeah. having some. I think we're up to ten now as of as we speak. So. We'll see how it goes. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how those teams adjust to the first round buys. No doubt. It's bizarre, too, looking at playoff pairings and seeing 0 and 6 teams. <laughs> but, uh, it's bizarre seeing buys. Yeah, it really is. Uh, but everybody's in. So, hey, this is what we're doing. All right. So, first off, let me read down the list of highlights that you could watch on the State Champs Michigan social media, on the website, uh, or on the State Champs Michigan show, which will again premiere tomorrow. Uh, or if you're listening to this on Tuesday, it premieres on Tuesdays, usually in the uh, early evening. Uh, and uh, so I'll read off the list of games, gentlemen, and then you can comment on these particular games uh, and get your thoughts on them. First off, Cast Tech blanking De La Salle, 35 nothing. Brother Rice and Detroit Country Day got together, 23-13 Rice winners in that one. Ortonville Brandon went to Fenton and lost 33-21. to It was Grand Blank beating Celine 14-13. to uh, Macomb, Dakota took care of Traverse City Central at home, 42 to 16. South Lion and South Lion East. So I believe it's 12 out of 13 years now that South Lion has beaten South Lion East, 14 7, the final on that one. West Bloomfield blanks Lake Orion, 28 nothing. Grand Rapids Catholic Central and Grand Rapids South Christian needed overtime to decide that one. And it was uh, GRC. Joey Football. Joey. Yeah. Chase Williams and Joey Football, Nolan Ziegler. God, that's a special team. It's good stuff. 28-27, they win that one. Forest Hills Central beats Lowell 34-14, that at Lowell. Detroit King went all the way to Muskegon to take on Mona Shores. And uh, Sailors playing great this year, 35-21 winners in that one. 
Clarkston Everest Collegiate and Riverview Gabriel Richard got together for the CD uh, playoff or CD championship in the Catholic League. I filmed that one, uh, and it was all Everest that, we, from the moment you said go. We have a microwave dynasty in Mountaineerland. They didn't even exist as a program uh, a decade ago. Uh, I've only been. Um, a football, you know, the football's only been in existence at, at Everest as a standalone team for eight. seven years. Yeah, seven or eight, yeah. And uh, they've won three straight Catholic League championships yeah. now, and the last two were uh, pretty decisive. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, two in a row versus Riverview Gabriel Richard. I think they've won the, all three, three, yeah, all three. three against, River, uh, uh, against yeah. Gabriel Richard. The first one was a shootout. It was like 36-35. Um, I was down there at Ford Field, and the last two years have been blowouts. Yeah, and uh, it's actually the fourth time in a row they've been in the championship game. They just lost uh, three years ago. So amazing, yeah. Four out of seven years as a program, you're yep. in the league championship. Pretty pretty unbelievable what they're doing over there in Clarkston. And the uh, the A-B game uh, was, again, another blowout to Troy Cal Catholic Central Detroit Loyola 45 to 14 the final in that one interesting all four teams were 5 and 0 coming into this one in both games below there out. were six turnovers that Catholic Central forced in the first quarter two two interceptions two fumble recoveries and two block punts on the first 12 minutes. Yeah, pretty insane. Uh, and so that's the slate of games we have uh, from Michigan here. Anything else uh, you guys want to comment on? I was actually actually at the South Lion South Lion East game, and as you mentioned, that that's that's a big monkey that that East team wants to get off its back. It was just the third time I think they they came into the final week of the season with with uh, four wins in their in their program history. So it was kind of building up to be a special year, and they really dominated the first half. They were you know running with power, and they kind of kept South Lion off balance, and it was just. It was the final eight minutes of the game. South Lion scored with, I think, 8.30 left and, and missed, actually, a, a, an attempt at a two-point conversion. And you thought maybe they'd left the you know the barn door open a little bit when, when you go for two early and you don't just tie it up. And turned around, they, they got the ball right back uh, one possession later and, and it just all the momentum. That's a team that, if you recall, a couple of years ago when they first – you know, kind of took the KVs or the uh, LVC by storm. That was a huge group of seniors they had. And as juniors, they were really good. And then the next year, they graduated all those kids. I think it was 29 seniors that graduated. So this entire season has been kind of filling in. I think they, they only returned like four starters on both sides of the ball combined. So now that they're starting to gel at the end of the season, it, it'll be interesting to see how much they can carry into the playoffs. Uh, I want to first uh, backtrack for a second. When we were talking about Everest, I, I want to give a shout out to their head coach, Mike Pruchnicki, mm. uh, who's been the architect of that program. Um, just an excellent job and, and, and has really laid a blueprint for how you get a program off the ground. Um, they just have, you know, great fundamentals. Uh, you know, he's a great tactician. And then they've just developed playmakers. Uh, Giovanni yeah. Master Mateo, their senior quarterback, you know, probably the best small school uh, player in Metro Detroit. Just he's dynamic. And then Jack Liseski, um as a running back, Jimmy Nemi as a, a slot back. They got a lot of kids that can do a lot of damage. Yeah, they do. And they had contributions from a variety of individuals yeah. in this 35 nothing shutout that they had. Uh, I think there was, you know, four or five touchdowns from four or five different yeah. people. Liseski had a nice 58-yard run. Yeah. Nemi had a 50-yard run uh, and uh, making plays just all over the place. Uh, different guys contributing yep. to the program. Of course, Mastro Mateo, the architect. Yeah, and then I want to commend the West Bloomfield coaching staff for finally giving me a full dose of Donovan Edwards. I've been waiting for this for like a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, he's so talented. He's such a thoroughbred um, that the, the coaching staff for the L boys, um, you know, are thinking about his future and trying to, uh, you know, you've, you've heard the term load management mm -hmm. in uh, yep. whether we're talking about basketball or, or, or football lately. Well, they've been really managing um, the, the uh, and limiting the amount of touches and snaps that Donovan um, has. He's the, you know, arguably the number one running back prospect in America. He's got 50 offers that he just whittled down to seven. Um, and they're all, you know, the top programs in the in the SEC and the Big Ten. Um, but he was spectacular against um, Lake Orion on Friday. You know, he played the full game. Um, they took the kid gloves off. 
he had about 20 touches and then he just did what he does when you give him that 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 amount of opportunities uh you know about 145 yards rushing two touchdowns and then he played quarterback yeah he you know he's uh and not in the wildcat uh, right. For the last couple of years, they've you know on goal line situations they've put him in a, at the wildcat. But uh, in the game that I saw against Lake Orion in the second half, he was you know in the shotgun under center, played quarterback the majority of snaps uh, through the second half, and it was just uh, he's electric. Um, you know, Matt and I were talking before the before uh, we went on air. There was a run. He had his two touchdown runs, which were beautiful. But he had a run that was about a thirty yard scamper. Uh, from midfield uh, down into the red zone where he changed directions twice. And on the second time, he's going down the left sideline and just stops on a dime, stays in bounds. There are three Lake Orion tacklers that just kind of you know, fly by him yeah. into the sideline. <laughs> right. And then he gets another 10 yards going in the other direction up the middle. Um, he is a special, special player. And, uh, you know, I, again, we, we've, we've spoken about it on the show before. I understand what Ronnie Bellamy and the West Bloomfield staff um, is trying to do with him, but you know, I, I implored them a couple weeks ago. You know, just let him unload the clip. Yeah, because exactly. when he unloads Unload the, clip, the clip, man, it's like <laughs> the St. Valentine's Day massacre. Yeah. yeah, he is such a talented running back. He is he is lightning in a bottle. Um, and and I also want to um, take my hat off to Donovan for a kid that I've really seen mature as a leader since his freshman sophomore year. His freshman sophomore year, he was very quiet. Uh, wasn't somebody who let his um, his play do his talking uh, and, and wasn't you know, I mean, I, when you're a freshman sophomore you're not supposed to be a leader in, in the huddle but this season specifically I've, I've covered three or four West Bloomfield games and I've been on the sideline he is a uh, a galvanizing force on that sideline I mean just the the, the loud not, not in terms of talking smack that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about with his team on the sideline, energizing his team, galvanizing his team, getting everyone hyped up, um, getting the most out of, uh, of his teammates. Um, he has just really embraced the role of a vocal leader. Um, and he's so, uh, he's such, for a kid that is as, as highly touted as he is and as coveted as he is, he has got such a level head. And that, to me, you know, and he's very humble for someone that has a lot of confidence. Uh, and that, to me, bodes so well going forward. Because when you have that type of mental uh, approach and you have the support network that he has around him, um, you know, you're, you're, you're 10 steps ahead of the game when you get to the next level. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, thank goodness, too, because we run a Mr. Football competition. And if he's not carrying the ball, if he's not getting the numbers – Lord knows we want to keep him in yeah. the competition, but if you know other kids are going crazy, and uh, you can't just do it just well, on we ran him it, alone. We ran into we ran into it last year at the end of the Mister Football race when we're going down, you know, the stat lines, and and he you know he just doesn't have a stat line last year. He didn't have a stat line that that kind of made your eyes pop because right. he was you know limited carries. Yeah, and then of course the team didn't get as far as they had hoped, and uh, obviously would have had a lot more big yeah. game performances. Uh, but you want to talk about, you know, passing the eye test. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean kid is there's no doubt about home it. run threat. The definition of a home run. threat. No, trust me. We, we we've been notified on Twitter. It's Donovan Edwards and no one else when it comes to Mr. Football. It's like it's a travesty if you don't. Um, but again, it's more complicated. Than that. It sure it's is. Not black and and, uh, and this is nothing new. We've we've faced this uh, many years in uh, trying to choose that. We'll talk about Mr. Football and, and that race and what's happening in that, because there is a lot of uh, consternation right now in terms of guys who should be out, guys who Let me should throw be in. One more thing out there. Uh, another shout out to Kentucky commit Maxwell Harrison who might be the best cover corner in the OAA right now. He plays for West Bloomfield, the captain of that secondary. But this season, he has shown that he can be a big play wide receiver. Um, and I love when I see that type of versatility. He had never uh, you know, ran routes as a wide out before. Uh, this season, they need him. And I've seen uh, two games where he's had some big touchdown catches. And you know, when you see that, that, that just tells you what a playmaker he is. And again, um, tells you that, that I think there's a lot of success on the horizon for him. Uh, in Lexington. Matt, we had a big matchup that we were not expecting to have, but due to COVID-19, it brought right. a rematch of the Division II state championship game from a year ago, and uh, Muskegon-Mona Shores uh, quietly showing that uh, they are arguably uh, in the top three 
if not number yep. one uh, overall when it comes to top teams in the state led by by their Mr. Everything. Uh, but they uh, they have a King team that goes up there fresh off a, another loss to Cast Tech. They were looking to really uh, rebound from that. And although they did get 21 points, which is which is a good effort against a good Mona Shores defense, uh, Mona Shores put up 35. Yeah, and it, and you want to talk kind of the opposite of the eye test that Donovan Edwards passes. Right. When you see Brady Rose behind center, I mean, in last year it was it was such a good story. We and we all you know absolutely up. fell in love with him as a gamer. Yeah, absolutely, and we knew. And but then this year, it's not a gimmick. The kid can play. The kid yeah. can play. I mean, he had 18 carries for 120 yards, two touchdowns. He was four or five passing for 111 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, for the season, he's got just over 1,000 yards, but he's got 18 scores between you know his own running and throwing the ball. Plus, he scores on punt returns. Plus, he scores on kick returns. Plus, he intercepts passes. You know, plus he blocks field goals. It's just you want to talk about a kid who packs the stat sheet yeah. with with everything that you absolutely want, except maybe the height. That's about it. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's the one criticism you can have of his game is that yeah, he probably is not going to be a high level you know recruit at, at the D one level like some of these guys that we have in there year after year. But the kid makes plays, and he makes plays that absolutely impact games. And this year, he's beaten Muskegon at Muskegon's place. They took on King, as you said. You know, kudos for both of them to get together and 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 set up this rematch when you know you're scrambling. I think it was Tuesday that they figured out they weren't going to be able to play. Kudos for you know for King getting on the bus and driving all the way over there. But Brady Rose just shows week after week that not only does he belong in this contest. He might be one of the two, two or three front runners. A lot of heart yeah. and soul from that playmaker, man. He's in yeah, beast absolutely. mode twenty four seven, man. And it started last Thanksgiving, and it's <laughs> translated to the two thousand twenty season. And I, and I know there was some conversation that maybe he wasn't going to play quarterback uh, this season, and they were going to put him back at, at, at receiver where he had been before he had taken over uh, in the state finals. Um, but uh, probably a. a you know, a, a, a coach of the year type decision by that coaching staff to say, yeah, you know, if it's not fixed, uh, if it's not broke, let's not fix it. Uh, he did. He was so dynamic in that state finals. Let's keep him under center for his senior year. Will it be interesting? Well, he uh, does. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, he does split time with Mark Connection, a quarterback. Right. I mean, that's that's not he, he's putting up these numbers, but he's not playing 100 percent of the time. Now, mind you, again, that some of that is load management and blowouts where you don't need to run the ball when you're up by 40 or run him at least. But, yeah, it's it's those numbers are being put up when when he's not the full time quarterback. All right, I'll tell you what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick timeout so the MHSAA can give you a message that they are in desperate need. And when I say desperate, I just mean it's it's in need uh, for officials. Uh, we need officials. Uh, there is a, there's a, a lot that are retiring out. They're aging out of the process. And uh, we need officials in all sports. So listen to this, and then we'll be right back. The love of the game draws us to sports. As players, coaches, spectators, and officials, for officials, it's a way to stay in the game they once played, to feel the thrill of putting on the uniform, stepping out of the playing surface, hustling to make the call, and building the relationships which can only be built in sports. If you still have that love for the game, we always need new officials. Register now at MHSAA.com. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association, promoting the value and values of educational athletics. All right, welcome back. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to, since we're kind of on this topic and already going there, we're going to talk a little bit about playoffs this Saturday, what we're expecting to see or this weekend, uh, what we're expecting to see, some of the matchups and kind of how some of the things might play out over the next few weeks. And then we'll get into our state champs, Mr. Football and Anvil Award competition. It's going to be really more of a Mr. Football talk uh, this week as it was last week because that's kind of where the real competition is right now. And then we will uh, wrap it up. So um, speaking of Mona Shores, you know, Grand Rapids Forest Hill Central is playing well uh, right now. They're a 5 and one school, and uh, they will have, looks like, um, you know, Mona Shores has Wyoming on Friday, uh, and uh, they're just a, they're a one in three team going in right now, and it looks like the winner 
Uh, and again, the MHSA, when they laid these out, I, I'm not looking at the bracket, so it looks like it, they're up right next to each other. So um, I don't know how – there's a bunch of 5-1 and one teams in this in that district uh, for Mona Shores. Yeah, it's so, a stacked district. So if Mona Shores wins, will they, they'll take on Forest Hills Central, I believe. Is that right or no? I don't – no, I don't think so. Let me okay. look it up. Hold on. Okay. Because I'm just looking at the list that the MHSA distributed out on Sunday that's got Region 5, yeah. District 9. Um, but it doesn't, I don't have the bracket in front of me. So I know that I would say, regardless of what happens as you're looking that up, uh, when those two meet, that's probably the biggest competition that Mona Shores will have, uh, whether it be Byron center or Jenison as well. But, uh, I believe that GRCC would, you know, and, and, uh, what, yes, they would face Forest Hill Central, the winner of Forest Hill Central, Forest Hills Northern. Okay. That's what I thought. So. Um, so that that should be interesting uh, as as we get into this. There's just all, not a whole lot here uh, in week one. Is well, it? that's because of the expanded format. Yeah. <laughs> you got a lot. Right. Of, you're gonna unfortunately you're gonna have a lot of blowouts. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything that is that popped out to you that 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 could be interesting? I, you know, the one thing we were when we were talking this morning, we we're like, well, maybe the only real upset uh, that we might see, like, and I mean, like one of those. Um, you know, crazy ones would be if, uh, and let me just pull it up here, is if somehow Oak Park finds themselves because they got to go to yes. Gross Point South yep. and win that game. And 0-16 all of a sudden figures I, it out. I, I think the counterpoint to that, if we're talking about southern Oakland County teams with a ton of talent that have been underachieving, uh, A&T, I think they're very dangerous going into this playoffs and i think sterling Heights stevenson has to be very um well careful when they're game planning for this group uh which looks like it will be i think it'll be the the second round yeah because farmington is is taking on stevenson Uh, yeah uh first and then troy athens and 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 a&t are getting together this week and i expect next week to beat athens and then um, they had a nice win in, in the last week of the regular season. They got a, uh, you know, like we said, they have a cavalcade of college recruits on that team. Yeah. They got a phenom quarterback in, in Zeke Marshall. Yeah. Um, he's got four wide receivers that are all going to play college football. Right. Um, and Marshall's they, playing well. Marshall's playing really well. He is. He's um, coming into his own. You got Caleb Banks uh, on the defensive line. Um, wrecking havoc in the backfield. He just actually decommitted from Arizona State and is back on the board. Yeah. Um, so if they beat, let's say they they let's say A and T gets it together, and all of a sudden all these guys are playing great. They you know ultimately for the district championship would be West, West Bloomfield. Yeah. Do you think I still that- I would still pick Stevenson to play West Bloomfield in that district final. I'm just as I was looking at the um, the matchups yesterday, you know. <laughs> It's it's difficult to call a team again. I mean, we keep on going over some of the same old territory. It's difficult to call a team with 15, 15 kids that are going to play Division One football a sleeper. Uh, you know, it was kind of it it, it. it reminds me of last year when I was telling everyone to look out for Cast Tech in the playoffs, and they made a run. To, I think to the Final Four. Everyone had kind of written them off. Uh, in the regular season, and then I was saying the same time. I was saying the same thing. It's difficult to refer to Cast Tech as a sleeper, but you know, A and T. I think could be. I, I, I've written off Oak Park, right? Um, all due respect to Greg Carter That's in fine, that group. Yeah. Uh, in that group, I know Rayshon Benny on the subject of we're talking yeah, about. He's award, back. He's back, and he played really well last yes. week. Right. And what did he say? If I if I come yeah. back and lead him to a state title, lead him to a state title, then you got to give me the envelope. Uh, you so make it are a good argument. That was the case. So I, I was talking to Alan True, uh, and Alan said that he was the best uh, best lineman on the field last week. Um, but in terms of between Oak Park and Southfield teams that can r- make a run in the playoffs, I'm, I'm going to uh, hitch my wagon to the A and T and say that they could be a real sleeper. And um, if I'm if I'm Stevenson, I'm doing a lot of preparing, and I'm and I'm telling my kids not to overlook. Uh, their record and some of the lopsided losses that they've taken. Well, if West Moonfield's going to go on a run, it's going to be interesting because let's say they get a very improved Southfield A and T team. That'll be a tough battle. Let's let's predict they would have to play the winner of District Eight, which has got Chip Valley in it, Macomb Dakota in it, and Stony Creek, who yep. has a bye. Yep. 
this weekend. And then, you know, there's teams like Romeo and uh, even Anchor Bay, Mike Giannone led Anchor Bay. Yeah, who've been very, be very interesting next week if we did see Dakota and Anchor Bay. Uh, Giannone's original team and uh, his new team uh, going at it for... Let, let me digress for uh, one second. You said, you said Romeo. I mean, they just won a state championship a couple years right. ago. They're always going to be dangerous. Yeah, they're two and four, you know, and figure things out. They, they're... Ike's in that district, too, who, who could do something. You never know. Utica Eisenhower's got that's a, a That's a squad that knows how to play yeah. during playoff time. Yeah. Playoff time. And then staying in Division One. I, I mean, Matt, it, it, you know, the one the one team that, that probably is not even going to have anywhere near... Uh, is Belleville. Uh, they're in Region 3, and, I mean, they, you've got an un, undefeated Canton team who has played really, really well this season, uh, you know, who they could see for the for the title. Um, but other than that, just, just you know, and Caden Woodall's in there uh, for Stevenson. That in fact, uh, next week we'll probably get Canton and Stevenson's. That'll be interesting. Uh, but other than that, um, you know, they come out of there, uh, it wouldn't be until the regionals, which is where Cast Tech is looming, uh, that we're going to see Belleville and Cast Tech in the regional, which would be fantastic. I think the interesting thing part, or the interesting part there is, I think Canton has home field advantage over Belleville. So if they both do. of them advance, they do. Belleville has to go to Canton, yeah. um, which is neither here nor there because I think they can probably beat them on the road. Right. But it, it's it's going to be interesting. It is interesting. And I think something that, yeah, that that you kind of saw a little bit this last week with Belleville, and it's kind of going to kind of be a running theme, especially as we go further into the playoffs because we're going to be a couple weeks later than we normally are in the seasons, and we still could potentially have the finals outdoors. Belleville has talked all season long about wanting to get more balanced and more of a running game. That's something that Davison has done more. They still have Brendan Sullivan in their back pocket, you know, but they and they can brush off the the passing game, but they've depended more on the running game and defense. I mean, we you talked earlier, Scott, about you know Grand Rapids Catholic Central and their passing game. Well, it wasn't necessarily the passing game that beat South Christian. It was more the running game, and that's going to be, I think, it, teams that are more balanced or able to play however they need to play is going to be you know significant, especially if we're playing outdoors. You know, the first or second weekend of December. It's going to be the teams that have the ability to run the ball and play defense that are going to win out. Yeah, and teams that, like you know, Matt says, that the type of uh, attributes as a as a great squad that play in the playoffs that 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 are the the type of things you need for long playoff runs. And going back to West Bloomfield, their offense might not be as glitzy as it has been in the past um, in terms of balance, uh, but. That defense is one of the best they've had in a while. They've had four shutouts this year. They're coming off three straight blankings. Um, so that defense is primed right now. And I would say the other power teams that are also in Division One. Uh, well, you've got Novi Detroit Catholic Central, of course, uh, who will will have to take primed. on. They'll have to take on Brighton if Brighton gets by Novi next week. So that'd be an interesting uh, district matchup. You know, Lakeland's got the bye in that district because they're six and zero and haven't lost to anyone. Shout out to uh, Joe Woodhall. Yeah, is probably the coach of the year. Yeah, uh, in Oakland County, I would say. Yeah, and, uh, one of the good matchups actually this weekend. Howell and Hartland should have a good game. Um, yes. that, that are, they're going at it. So and Tate that, that, Farquhar, the yeah. Lakeland quarterback, who's a committed yeah. to uh, Michigan State for baseball, and then they got a real, real exciting junior on both sides of the, uh, both sides of the ball, Mike Sherrill, um, who right now is getting some looks from the Division Two uh, programs in the GLIAC. He is a, a, a pure athlete that can play linebacker, go sideline to sideline at an outside linebacker spot, and is also right now excelling as a wide receiver. And then finally, in the other district, the other power team, of course, being Clarkston, mm-hmm. uh, you know, taking on Oxford again for the second time this season. Graham Blank all of a sudden is five and one. We counted them out after week yeah. one. We're like, why? They seem uh, like they're, but uh, there they are. Uh, you've got an undefeated Rochester team yep. uh, this year who is uh, got to take Bueno. on yeah, who's got to take on Adams Radzabini, and then Davison on the backside. So you're looking at most likely it will play out, uh, and it will be a hard slog to get there. But Clarkson and Davison for the district title yep. should be interesting. Wolves but I think, Cardinals. I think that Lake Orion and Grand Blanc game will be one of the interesting games of the first round, simply because for years the Southern Division of the Saginaw Valley League teams, whether it's Lapeer or whether it's Davison over the years until last year, 
or, or Grand Blank, they've always struggled with those Mac Red and OA Red teams for some reason in the playoffs. That's been kind of the stumbling block. I mean, I think Lapeers, you know, if you look back at their playoff history over the last five to ten years, it's all, you know, losses to whether it be Stevenson or, you know, Clarkston or, or Lake Orion or, or, or somebody who's going to go on a, a long run. So, yeah, Grand Blanc is playing well, and they just knocked off Celine at home uh, by a point last week. But that's still going to be a tough first-round game for them. Division two is weird uh, this year. Obviously, you've got some some programs who've had uh, recent playoff success. Uh, Livonia Churchill's got a bye this week. Uh, De La Salle and Roseville should be a decent game. Obviously, yes. uh, De La Salle's looking to to pick themselves up. You know, you've got a six and zero Port Huron team in that uh, De La Salle. Uh, district number 16 uh, you know teams like Lakeview uh, are always strong uh, and you know but uh, again there's not a whole you know you've got a, a 6-0 and Fenton team in district 12 they'll probably play uh, most likely North Farmington next Josh Thompson, week Anvil Award. right okay. yeah <laughs> yes exactly uh, South Lions also in that district Wall Lake Westerns uh, on, on in that district I don't know what well. to think of North Farmington right now they got a really nice quarterback in Jacob Busamra obviously they got the X factor in the coaching department with uh, um, you know with with the, with the Harrington staff that came over there from Harrison um, and Hurstein that's now the head coach but uh, you know they've been kind of hit or miss um, they got a nice Running back from the PSL that came over there uh, from, I believe, Renaissance, uh, Justin Whitehorn. Got a, a good receiver. Justin, Whitehorn, Justin, yep. Justin Bryant has been a really good receiver. Their defense is, is a question mark. Um, but, uh, you know, last year they, they rolled into the playoffs undefeated. Mm-hmm. Uh, won an OA blue title and then got tattooed by a Jesuit. Yeah. So maybe playing in the white and mm-hmm. having a little bit more of a difficult road of it in the uh in the, in the testing, regular season yeah. will will play uh will will we'll give will pay dividends in the playoffs. Yeah, Matt, at the top in division 2, at the top of, of the uh, the districts, you know, Portage Northern is 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 had a good year this year. They are 5 and 1. They're in East Lansing's district. East Lansing getting the bye this week uh at 6 and 0. Oh. So that'll be interesting who comes out of that. Obviously, we'll take on Muskegon Mona Shores for uh the regional. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, you know, Midland six and oh, this year, uh, we haven't talked a whole lot about uh, what the chemics are doing, but traditionally, uh, Midland is a very good team. Dow's four and two. They're not, uh, going away. They'll play each other next weekend. Uh, Traverse city central was five and oh, coming into this weekend, but really Dakota, uh, you know, kind of gave it to them, uh, this year. And granted, I give them credit for, for taking the game and maybe that's what they need to right the ship and make themselves uh, better uh, and you've got your traditional downriver teams, down, you know, lower in the district. Wind out Roosevelt's four and one, um, so th- so they're still hanging around. Ferndale's four and two this year. They'll probably play next week. Uh, what's your thoughts on Division Two, Matt? I, I, that one that that region that you we were just talking about with Midland, Midland Dow. Yeah, I, it's probably going to come down to again. You'll get the the. They just played in week six and, and Midland kind of handed it to Dow. They'll pl- probably play again because Midland's got a, a winless Alpina team and, and Dow probably should be able to handle flushing. And then on the other side, you mentioned TC Central. TC Central is interesting because we've talked about Josh Burnham uh, as as a linebacker and he's a yeah. Michigan recruit and, and a high level D1 recruit as a linebacker. But yeah. he actually won the quarterback competition and is is running the quarterback uh, for, for that Traverse City Central team. The Big North is not, you know, it's it's interesting to see them step out of the Big North and play a Dakota team. And they traditionally, they do play, you know, usually in the first week or so, they'll play a good, um, a good, a good schedule. But it, that Big North is not a tremendous amount of competition for the two TC teams. So having them come down, it gives you kind of a litmus test of where they are compared to a team like Dakota. But you're right. I think Division Two. There are a couple of divisions that are wide open, and I think Division Two, other than you know those top teams that you know are going to be there, like Mona Shores, whoever gets out of that that. That, that region, region with yeah. Mona Shores, Jenison, Forest Hills Central, Byron, yeah. Cent- Byron Center, Lowell has got a shot. Yeah. And, and whoever faces Lansing probably most likely on that other side, although I think Portage Northern probably could could get through too, that, that is probably the, the team that you look to make the long run all the way to the finals. And the other, you know, the other regions uh, that we've, we're looking at, you could – 
some of them you could pull a, a team out of a yeah. hat because they're, they seem so balanced. Flip a coin. Yeah. Yep. Division three is where it gets interesting. Uh, Cause this yes. is where we have a lot of teams that have landed. And if you scroll to the uh, kind of bottom of the districts, the, uh, the region 11s, the region 12s, 22, 23, 24, 21, you know, you've got King at the bottom in district 24. They've got a potential uh, matchup with East point, uh, next week, which would be interesting. Our president, uh, Lou Batanti, went to yeah. East Detroit, which is now East Point. And, uh, I believe he was on a Final Four basketball team back in 66. Right, right. So, uh, you know, he's obviously uh, rooting to see, uh, you know, how far they can go. Again, they would have most likely Detroit King uh, in that one. River Rouge is in the district above them. Uh, and so that would be a potential regional matchup between River Rouge and King that could be very interesting. You've got a 6 and 0 Riverview team in that district 23 um you know the Huron League I don't think as strong as it typically or as it has been uh in the past um you know New Boston Huron is five and one also in that and again I think the Downriver League in general which Trenton and Allen Parker down there uh are not as strong as they have been um even Gibraltar Carlson Roosevelt with Pitchford Jalen Pitchford mm-hmm uh, yes. Best quarterback uh, downriver and mm-hmm. a kid that is a sleeper of a, a recruit, mm-hmm. and it's been a three-year starter. And mm-hmm. when you got a guy that's as talented as as Jalen is, and is, has as much composure and command and field vision and the mechanics that he has, uh, you, you can you can ride that yeah, for, for a playoff for sure. And in Region Eleven, that's where Rice is. So Rice is in Region Eleven, most likely. Uh, if they get by Divine Child, uh, will face Orchard Lake St. Mary's in the second round which would be round two, which would be very interesting uh, to see uh, this St. Mary's team has been kind of kind of hard to figure out week yeah. to week. Uh, only one in three have only been able to play four games. Um, Chelsea's and that, win, all, and that win was in the week one. Yeah, it was week one. And Chelsea's in that division. They're six and oh, they've been a team that has advanced as far as the state finals. Uh, and so Rice if they get by Orchard Lake St. Mary's, you could see a district championship versus Chelsea, which would be uh, an interesting matchup down there below. All I can say, mm-hmm. I want to say one thing about Brother Rice. Yep. Some people next Tuesday will be uh, voting for Joe Biden. Some people will be voting for Donald Trump. I will be ro- voting for Rocco Milia for president of the United States. Rocco Milia has been such a game changer as a football player for his senior year. Um at Brother Rice on both sides of the ball, um, just so electrifying, um, such a force of nature mm-hmm. that uh, I know I'm, I'm jumping the gun with our Mr. Football conversation, but you know he he personally, I mean, by himself, could be the difference uh, between a you know one or two game run for Brother Rice and a, a run. Uh, deep into the playoffs, into the Final Four or Finals. I mean, that's, that's how special of a talent Rocco Milia is. And what's fantastic about what you're saying is he's he's now not having to carry the entire load of yeah. being the playmakers, uh, you know, whether it be on offense or defense, now that a lot of the guys are back for them. He's a linchpin, though. Man. It, well, he is, and it allows him, it kind of frees him up now to even do more damage. He, he can survey the field even more, whether, uh, especially on the defensive side of things, yep. uh, because, you know, he's got talent so around I, him now. He's, he's so smooth and fluid, and it, it, it comes off so effortless. Mm-hmm. It does. And and uh, and, and, and it, in, it is in, very in, Jason Alessi like in big game situations. Yeah, like what we were talking about off uh, camera about the interception he had uh, late in the game against Orchard Lake St. Mary's to stop a, a potential scoring drive for yes. St. Mary's. He high pointed a ball and just like it just like it was like he was on a you know Sunday at the park hanging out with his boys. Meanwhile, yeah. this is like the game is on the line here. Right. He just goes up, grabs the ball, yeah. looks at the referee, flips the ball to the referee. He's like, all right, we're on offense now. Right. And <laughs> because I was right there on the sideline, he he had his, you know what, shoot out yep. the play before right. for whatever assignment he didn't do, whatever. And uh, like you said, took it in stride, just went on there and made a game-saving yep. play on, on the next play. So going to be very interesting to see how that side of uh, Division Three lays out. Up top, you've got a Mesquite of course, uh, you've got uh, Cedar Springs in their district, Mount Pleasant's in their Mount district. Pleasant. You know, Marquette is five and one this year. Um, you never know what uh, a UP team can can bring to the table when they come down and, and and play some of these teams. You expect Muskegon to get out of that district. Uh, you know, 
in in District 18, you've got the Zealand schools both there. West is four and one. East is four and two. Uh, other than that, you know, a lot of other teams just kind of hovering around 500 or below, uh, including East Grand Rapids, who's just three and three this year, and um, you know. Uh, Kennewa Hills is two and four. You've got a couple of 0-6 teams in Holland and Ottawa Hills. Uh, not Kennewa Hills, but Ottawa Hills uh, in that. So uh, interesting to see, you know, how that's going to shape up up top. Uh, and, um, you know, and then the other region, you know, I think you've got DeWitt and you've got everybody else. Yep. Uh, I well, think Mason, you got to throw Mason got, in there, you, too, because Mason are, is 6-0. And and they are. Yeah, the CAAC, I yeah. mean – when you look at some of their out of conference wins, I mean, yeah. Witt's got a win over River Rouge. Yeah, uh, Holt Holt was a one win team and beat unbeaten Portage Northern last right. uh, week five. Yeah, um, and and shut them out. It, it's been you know, Lansing Catholic beat Pawama Westphalia, ending their long win streak in in the lower divisions. Right. The CAAC is really, I mean, when when you look at, at some of their out of conference wins, and Mason is, is right there among the, the the best teams in the CAAC. I think you probably are right, though. It's probably down to one of those two teams between. DeWitt and Mason in that bottom part of the bracket. Right. And they'll face each other for the District 20 title. Uh, so out of that, you know, they will uh, uh, take on, you know, again, uh, it could be, you know, Stevensville Lakeshore, who's four Lakeshore. and two, St. Joseph, five and one. Uh, and, you know, and, they, and they've got uh, Andrew Platt, Pratt Lee coaching that team. And uh, he's mm-hmm. done um, uh, he's done a, a great job. Uh, with them, you know, Battle Creek, Harper Creek is four and two. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, on that side. Um, but uh, I, I'm, we're not going to sit here and break down every division. Maybe what we'll do is after we get through, we can talk about some of the lower divisions when we get into things next week, after we get a week of playoffs uh, under our belt. Uh, and uh, then we can absorb some of that. So let's finish up our podcast talking about Mr. Football and talking about the Anvil Award. First, let me just say for the Anvil Award, you know, it, it's kind of status quo right now. Uh, we've got fabulous candidates all playing well. Um, you know, even Caleb Tierman in a loss to Detroit Country Day. It's just a, a big a man yep. that's just uh, that's out He's there. A pancake prince. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but Mr. Football is 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 where we're at. And uh, it's going to be very interesting as to uh, where this thing goes. So let me just give you guys uh, a little bit of inside baseball on what, what has to happen here. So we've got several guys who, again, uh, we need to run them through the system. And when we say that, that means we have to go through our criteria and see where they stack out right now at this point in the season. And again, I just want to say, if somebody falls out, it doesn't mean they can't come right back in. We are not freezing Mr. Football until after districts are over. So we're going to have three weeks of playoffs because we need to see nine games uh, for, you know, and some won't even have nine games because of cancellations and all of that. We need to see nine games before we freeze our top 10 because there are so many guys uh, that could go in and out here. And obviously when you, you when you look at our criteria, 30% goes to performance throughout the season. 20% is your level of competition, which obviously increases as you move further and you get into the playoffs. 20% is the online vote. 15% is big game performance. There aren't any bigger games than the playoffs. And especially this year, because even though we had quote-unquote big games, they really didn't mean anything outside of winning a league because, of, of course, you want playoff points and you want to be at home and that kind of thing, but uh, you're in the playoffs no matter what. So 10% is team success, so we want to see how the, how the teams ha- have done this season, and uh, and then 5% to the highly recruited athlete. And Again, the reason we have that in our criteria is because a lot of times these guys have earned it. Um, you know, they, they get some points for being as highly recruited as they, as they are because they are uh, naturally gifted. There's also, in some cases, a lot more pressure for those guys to perform uh, because they're looked at uh, as such high-level recruits. So uh, they just have to live with a, a, a different deal than, than other guys do, and they have other pressures. So, uh, But it's only 5%. So anyway, we're going to be taking a look. As soon as this podcast is over, we're going to be taking a look quickly at uh, Tyson Davis, Dante Moore, Brendan Sullivan, Donovan Edwards has pretty much given himself a bye for a week. Um, he would have been in the mix, but because of 
how he performed. Now they've got Utica Ford this week, and I don't know if he sees the field. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which is again an interesting thing. Zach Trainer will also be a guy we're going to throw into this mix. So we're going to work out the criteria and see. I guarantee you there is going to be at least one guy who's going to be off this list. Guys to be considered is where it gets interesting because right now we have a list of five. And one being Caden Woodall is almost a sure fire it's he's in. It got to be in. So I'm tending to think we're going like to take in six in like six games. He's got like 1600 yeah, yeah, yards exactly. and 26 touchdowns. We're going to take, and you know, and again, we're going to run it through the, the mill because obviously team success, Laboni Stevenson hasn't done that well. Uh, so he's not going to be higher when we're ranking the guys in that category, but he's in, I mean, I can just tell you guys now, if you're fans, I'm, go watch his tape. You'll see what we're talking about. Tyler Holtz, Rocco Melia, Kalen King, Anthony Tyus, the third, they're all in the mix too. So, uh, and they've all had outstanding seasons. We just talked about Rock Amelia for over five minutes. Uh, <laughs> so, um, there is some things we have to work out here. So we just want to let you know that, uh, we take this very seriously. Uh, it's not just a poll that we run and I'm not disparaging any, any, anybody else and how they run their player of the year. A lot of times coaches are uh, a variety of coaches is a great way to kind of determine whoops, where players are at, excuse me, uh, in terms of, because they're seeing some of these guys that, that, uh, us down here in Southeast Michigan, for instance, don't get a chance to see as much. However, with the advent of internet and every single game being on being streamed, you can do that. We think this this is we love our list and we love the guys that are in the competition and who might be. And so just letting you know, we're going to work that out when you watch the Mr. Football segment with Sean Belizean that will be this uh, that will air this Friday. Uh, we will have made a decision and you guys will know and then you need to go and vote. Here's how important the voting is at statechampsnetwork.com. The reason that we don't have Andrew Anthony in our discussion to at least kind of figure out where he was is that he's leading the vote by so much he can't be taken out. Uh, granted, East Lansing 6-0, and and he hasn't had the most stupendous of numbers this season. He's done pretty good. Uh, he's in the competition because the people want him to be there, and they voted for him to be there, and so he's leading the vote. So he's in no matter what. He won the popular vote last year, the entire thing. So um, – that's the importance of voting. And that's what separates our award from everybody else. So if he wins the online vote, he's automatically in the final four. And uh, will he be the champion? He has a 20% advantage over the rest of them. If East Lansing goes on and wins the title and he goes crazy, he could have a very good chance. So by winning the online vote, and this is the same you could say for Rocco Spindler and the Anvil Award, by winning the online vote, you have a 20% advantage over everybody else. Unless Clarkston gets knocked out here early, uh, which I don't see happening, but uh, it is high school football and anything can happen. Um, he's going to have a great shot at winning this award as well. So just get out there and vote. Any last comments you guys want to say as we uh, kind of wrap up this, this, this game? I have one. Yeah, I, just ahead. following up on that, when, when we talk about the – and we knew it was going to be this way when we set up the Anvil Award. It was going to be very hard to get statistics for yeah. them. But if anybody has, I'm, this, I'm sending this plea out as I sent out by email and by and on Twitter. Yeah. Please send me stats if you have any for the Anvil kids. I think I got two of them to send me back stats um, last week. I, if, so anybody has any stats? If you're affiliated with the program, if you're a parent, I'll take stats from parents. Just anybody give us any of the stats for the Anvil kids because we've got a full list of stats. Yeah. Yeah. for all of the guys for Mr. Football, but it's hard tracking them down for the anvil. Anyway, that's my two cents. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, well my parting words will be uh, it, in the climate that 2020 has become, and I don't really even think I need to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Just cherish this playoff experience yeah. because th we were so close to having a, a, a giant blank spot in the MHSAA uh, record book or you know the tournament archive of 2020 just being a, a blank slate but we were lucky enough to get football back now we're lucky enough to have an expanded playoff format where everybody gets in everybody gets the experience what it's like to play post postseason football in 2020 and just you know cherish every single moment because That's this right. is this is it's so fleeting yeah 
and do the right thing or we're not going to have winter sports. Yep. They announced that uh, we're starting practices, even in sports like wrestling, which I was a little surprised to hear, but it's just practice. They Everybody's going to start at their regular schedule date as of right now. Uh, but uh, I believe Mark Yule says it with tremendous caution that the COVID-19 situation has to get better here in Michigan or uh, winter sports are going to be seriously threatened. Yep. Uh, but as of right now, and if things, you know, as of today, they'll begin practice, competition should start on time, and there will be limited fans being able to come in and view those games. So uh, let's do every, our part and do everything we can. One final shout-out I do want to give, and that is to Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah, DPJ, baby, game-winning the, touchdown. Absolutely. So the uh, former Mr. Football finalist, uh, he did not win the award. The former Mr. Football finalist, uh, of course, make it a big play. Make yeah, it a big play, big, in it. Big play. and and we were talking about it, uh, Chuck, our producer here, and and Jonathan Kidd, senior editor at State Champs. We were talking about how, uh, you know, we think about the football game, uh, the what was it, state semifinals? Yeah, the, the game winner that the, he had, the, then. the game winner that he had. It was almost identical. It was identical. It was almost identical. Yeah, I know. So that, that was kind of the talk on tour a little bit. After and I thought it was kind of cool yesterday afternoon. I was watching Chiefs Broncos. And on, on that Bronco roster, you got Mike Ojemudia, uh, the, the Harrison alum, and then you got K.J. Hamler, that uh, shifty, slick-footed uh, slot receiver from Orchard Lake St. Mary's who ended up at IMG and then was a star at Penn State. So it's, it's really cool to be able to see these kids that were stars in the MHSAA, and we saw these kids when they were 15, 16, and now seeing them making an NFL paycheck and, and making plays. Yeah. Track Sunday. state champion, yep. the slick footed yep. KJ Hamler yep. was uh, at Orchard Lake St. Mary's. So yeah, it would have been great if you would have played his senior year here. Yep. It would have been phenomenal. You want to stay. I'm pretty sure you want to stay title with Orchard Lake. Yeah, he did. And he yep. made an unbelievable run. I think it was a 10 yard run uh, for one of the touchdowns. They had a behind the, they had a camera behind him uh, and just the, the sheer artistry. And then on, and then on the chiefs amazing. offensive line, you got Eric Fisher, you know, Number one pick in the draft from Stony Creek. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The pride and joy of Rochester, Michigan. No doubt about it. So lots of guys making uh, contributions, and um, we're going to have several, I believe, in uh, this crop that comes out of 2020 that makes waves, uh, whether at the next level and beyond. So, guys, thank you once again for tuning in. Uh, We thank the – MHSAA and Lawrence Technological University uh, for sponsoring this program. We really enjoy uh, doing it week to week. And uh, I know a lot of you missed the Friday night radio show. We missed it too. Um, it was just too much for us to do, especially being a three a three state uh, network. Now it's just it's just too much for us to do. Everything's streaming we have. now. It's just, it is more. It is. So user friendly. Right. Just be, you can consume it whenever you want to. Consume. You certainly can send things that you'd like us to talk about on the podcast here, and we could do that even though we're not taking calls. So uh, you can simply just go contact us at statechampsnetwork.com and uh, send us any message you like. So, uh, but just you know, of course, be nice. Uh, other than that, take care of yourselves out there. Let's do the right thing. And uh, this playoff run is going to be very, very, very interesting in high school football. We'll see how it goes. We'll talk about it here next week on State Champs Extra Point.